You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Rob Carson. So great to be with you again, finishing up my week with you here. Rob will be back with you on Monday. All right. <laughs> we got, we're going to be spending a lot of money in the next coming, couple of coming weeks, right? Like a month, the next month. A lot of people are going to be spending a lot of money uh, for the holidays, for Hanukkah, for Christmas that are coming up. Some people even do like a lot for New Year's. You're going to be spending money on decorations, traveling, all that kind of stuff. And you're probably going to be paying a lot of taxes on a lot of that. So my next guest here uh, is is wants to change all of that, wants to change how you pay the taxes and how much you pay in taxes. I welcome Steve Redden with Now Tax USA on the Newsmax hotline. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. Mary, it's great to be here on this Thanksgiving holiday, watching hostages being freed, and of course, uh, to be on your program. Well, thank you. So now your organization is called Now Tax USA. And what's interesting, if you go to nowtaxusa.com, there's all the details are there. It's really super in-depth. If you have questions, if you want to find out, you can contact them. Uh, The proposed amendment is there as well that you can read, and, and, and it's very interesting. So let me just ask you, how do you do this? What makes this different um, from, like, say, a national sales tax? What is this exactly? Um, well, well, first off, I'll, I'll be as brief as possible to set it up. As everyone knows, we have an out-of-control spending, a huge budget, uh, huge federal debt, no way to pay for it, of course, not to mention overtaxation. So the only way to solve this problem is to restructure the tax system. So to get into the question, uh, a consumer sales tax versus the now tax, um, the problem with the consumer sales tax is, Eventually, the sales tax rate would have to be so high on a national level, probably around the 15 to 20 percent range. And you could see that would be an economy killer, as if you add a national sales tax onto a state sales tax, let's say it's 7 or 8 percent, you can see every time you go to buy a new car, you're paying a 30 percent sales tax. So you can see the, the, the concept is right, a pay-as-you-go tax, is it does not tax income or property, which is problematic from a constitutional point of view. So the sales tax is the right idea as it's a pay-as-you-go. The problem is it doesn't spread the, um, the expenses of the federal government over a large enough base because a lot of times you, you, when you talk about a consumer sales tax, it targets citizens and consumers. To actually pay down our debt, um, you have to spread out the tax way over a larger area, which would be actually the whole economy, all, all segments of the economy. Which was, and that's what we call it the now tax. It's a 1% national sales, services, and transaction tax. It encompasses a small, very low 1% tax over the total economy. So that's the basic idea. So it's a sales tax. and services tax. So you would see so there'd be no income tax. There'd be no other taxes. There'd be no property taxes. There'd be none of that. It would just be a national tax on sales and services. So it's basic, as you said, it's a pay-as-you-go. If you choose to buy this, you're going to pay a tax. If you choose to have this service, you're going to pay a tax on it. Well, and let me add, it also tra- financial transactions, because one of the hidden um, ways people get away from, it's actually one of the biggest tax um, loopholes is 
if you um, get an equity loan on your property, let's say you're a billionaire and you get an equity loan on your property, uh, because you got a loan, there's no the proceeds of that cash is never really taxed unless you cash out the loan and show a profit on that building. But if you keep that property forever into perpetuity, that equity is never taxed at that level. So that's a big loophole. What this does, because it encompasses all transactions, even stock sales, um, you know, there's a, something like $500 billion in stocks traded every year. That has no, There's no associated taxes with that at all. In contrast and compare, a consumer buys items and gets taxed on it, but a guy that buys stocks and bonds is not taxed. Well, you can see that you talk about the now you get into the concept of regressive taxing. Right. The fact that you can invest money, it creates a re- re- regressive tax concept over to just citizens. So, it, so it does add in all financial transactions. But the benefit of that is because it goes now it goes down to one percent, and our total economy, which has really never been uh, totally um, calculated, but our total economy is estimated at a quadrillion dollars. So if you use kitchen table math and you divide, let's say, the federal budget at $5 trillion, and you let's say we pay off $5 trillion a year on our national debt, which has never been done, which is one of the key components of our, of our um, tax program, as you can see, at a quadrillion, 1%, uh, pays $10 trillion. So, you, so it actually creates a nominal tax concept, which is a fee, which is based on spending or being part of the infrastructure, I call it the superhighway, infrastructure highway of, of the United States. Okay. So any kind of sale, including stock, et cetera. So some things that aren't currently taxed would be taxed, right? But when you, sell, when you sell a stock, you pay a tax on those gains, though, right? Capital gains. Oh, correct. Yes, but here's the problem. Uh, income tax, that's an income tax form of capital gains. Income taxes don't collect enough money to want to even pay our, our uh, budget, much less even start to address paying our um, debt. So, yeah, I mean, in theory, it doesn't matter how you cut the pie up, it's, but it, it does because you got, the better solution for cash flow that you cut the pie up, the more fair, the more equal it is, and, and, and it actually has less economic burden because it's a better cash flow model, in which that's what the Naltex also does. It creates a, a fantastic cash flow mo- model for the economy. Okay, so more people will be paying in because there's a lot of people who don't pay. So more people will be paying in, but it will be at a 1% rate. So overall, because you're not going to be paying money, for instance, on your paycheck. When you get your paycheck, you're not going to be paying money on that. So you have a little bit more control over how much of your money goes out based on what you choose to buy. Correct. Actually, uh on average, the first year that the now tax would be put into place, it would be like all Americans getting the 15 percent, all taxpayers getting a 15 percent raise in their income. And that's the key, taxpayers. Because people who aren't paying now, yeah, people who aren't paying like, aren't going to like this. Uh, well, actually, because it's only 1 percent, it, it's here's an argument. Do people really complain about sales tax when they go and buy their groceries or yeah. clothes? So as a sales tax, it becomes kind of invisible, and at a 1% rate, it actually becomes kind of nominal on top of that. Right. Now, okay, 
what prevents the government in your amendment that that I've seen here? And it's it's written very well. It's it's short, only eight sections, so it's a very short uh, amendment that you want um to to put into place. Which I don't think this is ever going to happen because it makes too much. At least up until now, for me, it makes too much uh, a sense. Uh, taxes will be collected at the rate of 5% or less on all sales, services, and financial transactions. Um, so the government would have some wiggle room to go to raise it from 1% to 5%, right? With a, with a cap at 5%. Correct. And the only reason that has to be in there at this point, because historically, and this is really kind of one of the benefits of now tax program, it's called test total economy of sales and transactions is a, even a better indicator, economic indicator, than GDP, as it daily, I mean, literally daily, like sticking a thermometer in a sick kid's mouth, you can see what the economy is doing in every sector. Exactly. So um, just lost my train of thought, but I think you can fill in from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if, if anybody has questions, I, I'm, I know sp- Steve is probably open to questions. 800-922-6680 is the number. The other thing before we go to a quick break here, and he's going to stay with me through the break, is that this would repeal, oh, before we go into the repeal and replace, is that um, no taxes will be established to favor or disfavor any citizen, non-citizen, business or organization, or enterprise residing and or operating within the United States or United States territory. So that takes the government's ability to to say, oh, well, now we're going to, um, you know, the, the super wealthy aren't paying their fair share. They need to pay an income tax, too, because that's how the income tax sneaks back in. Back in. And that's a big deal. That's my fear, is that this is great until the federal government wants more money because they can't control their spending, and then all of a sudden, I'm paying and I'm paying an income tax now on top of this as well. Well, that is the fear that that's going to happen anyway. Uh, that could happen tomorrow. As a matter of fact, they're already talking about doing that. That's why we need to get ahead of this and why just put a Band-Aid on the situation when you can actually uh, remodel the whole country into a better tax system that solves all the problems from here into perpetuity because it does create a tax bill of rights as well. Right. All right. We're going to get more with Steve Redden from Now Tax USA. You can check it out online, nowtax, all one word, USA.com. The Bill of Rights is there, That the amendment details, and so much more. All right. If you have any questions, 1-800-922-6680, or you can reach out to me on X at Mary Walter Radio. I'm Mary Walter, and you're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Bam! The holiday season is here, and we both know that the most wonderful time of the year can also be the most stressful, right? Two words, Omaha Steaks. I was so happy and so impressed with the quality of Omaha Steaks when I received a gift pack. I started sending them to some of my family, and they loved it. It's sort of become a family tradition, naturally aged for the ultimate tenderness, something that you'll notice right away, along with the juiciness and flavor of the world's best beef. This holiday season, skip the guesswork and skip the stress. Give them the guaranteed perfection of Omaha Steaks, a wide variety, plus mouth watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, and even easy-to-prepare meals. Do not wait. Go to omahasteaks.com to save 50% off site-wide and use the promo code CARSON to save an additional $30 on your order. Minimum order may be required. Your friends, family, or business associates will love it. 
omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide right now, and don't forget about the promo code CARSON. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code CARSON, C-A-R-S-O-N. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson with you on this Friday post-Turkey Day. I think a lot of people slept late this morning, all, all exhausted from their turkey. And what is it, the old tryptophan that's in there? Makes everybody tired. My guest is Steve Redden from Now Tax USA on the Newsmax Hotline. Uh, Steve, thank you for holding on with me. So we're talking about uh, this this tax it would be a national sales tax, but the amendment that they want to, to get passed would abolish the 16th Amendment as we currently know it, and it would replace it with this amendment. And this would prevent the government from imposing a any other kind of tax on someone regarding no matter who they are, super wealthy, Elon Musk, whomever, isn't going to pay more. He's just going to pay the national sales tax. And think about it. Elon Musk will probably buys a lot more high-priced items than you or I, right? So somebody who buys a yacht, for example, they're going to pay more than you or I when we go to buy you know, kids' clothes for school. Um, the other thing this does is Section 4 here says that the law does not apply to money or funds transferred inside a citizen's and non-citizen's direct family or a single business's, a signal organization's, or a single enterprise's financial accounts residing or operating in the United States um, in federally regulated bank or financial accounts. So if I... if I transfer something to somebody, so basically you're getting rid of the death tax is what's happening here, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. So that that law would have to be detailed further out to what internal family uh, or personal, for example, I see it envisioned in you could transfer to subsidiaries, you could transfer money to uh, your your ch- children. So I that that's the detailed area that I think gets into more legalistic side of uh, the the amendment. And that's mm-hmm. where it, that would have to be worked out. But the but the intent is that you don't get double taxed on your own money. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, the death tax to me never made any sense. I'm like, wait. So you save if you choose to live below your means, and then choose to give it, you know, leave it for your kids. The government's going to come and take half of it. I'm like, wait, how does that work? Why does the government get half when you, your kids get half and the government gets half? Since when? It never made any sense to me. So I'm glad to see that that's something that that would go. So so let me. Uh, this sounds good. Who's not going to want this? Who's going to be the pushback on this? Well, eventually everyone's going to want it because eventually this will be the tax system that every society will use. It's just a matter of evolving to that point. Uh, the the holdouts are going to be obviously politicians and uh, people that make a lot of money off of tax preparation. But even if you if you think about it, uh, if you talk to a tax preparer, they're humans too. And eventually, it comes down to the reality that you can't have an eternal mortgage. See, with the income tax system, the fact that they can lien you, you actually have an eternal mortgage on your wealth. Which see, that's contradictory to our Declaration of Independence, Life, Liberty, um, Pursuit of Happiness, and my add-ons, Property, Wealth, and Individual Sovereignty, which, by the way, footnote for the history buffs, the original uh, writer of the Declaration of Independence was actually John Locke, and it was originally Life, Liberty, and Property, 
property was problematic. Not woke. It was wokeism stepped in because property could be people. So they nixed the word oh, property right. and, and did a fill-in, a temporary fill-in, <laughs> pursuit of happiness. Which what does that mean? Right now, I think we're we're suffering the pursuit of happiness with all the political things that are going on in our world. People are out of control. But. We- uh, well, let me ask you quickly, when, when you talk about the transfer of money, uh, I notice that it says within um, your your family or operating within the United States or United States territories, because we know that a ton of money is taken out of the system in this country, especially um, when it comes to Mexicans who are living here, people of ne- Mexican nationals, they transfer uh, what I, I would assume maybe maybe billions of dollars. It's got to be billions of dollars back to Mexico to their families there. But because the money is leaving the country, would that now be taxed? Yeah, part of that legalistic point of view, that would be taxed because that's an outside of that's an outside transaction outside of the country or a territory. Okay. So that that would be subject to the one percent tax. Okay. Financial. Yes. All right. Now, explain to me um, how they decide what the percentage is going to be. It's a test. The sale, um, the total economy of all sales, services, and financial transactions, um, not to exceed a federal budget cap of five trillion. It, 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 it's a lot of economic speak here. Can you make it simple so we can all understand well, it? Yeah, I, I, this is why I try not to tell say this part because it's kind of nerdy. But it's called the now tax formula. And I'll just go, it's real brief, but I'll go over real slow. And then you can say, oh, this, that, and the other. You can ask some questions. It is non progressive, non regressive, nonpartisan, sole single tax system with the least amount of rules, regulations, and laws. Um, now tax equally and evenly spreads the cost of the federal budget, infrastructure, government expenses, entitlements, benefits, et cetera, over all segments of the economy using the largest common denominator, which is all sales, services, and financial transactions divided into the federal budget to create the lowest possible tax rate to have little or no effect on our economy. That's the formula. I know it's a little wordy, but you can take a lot of the adjectives out of there, and it gets real simple. Basically, we're spreading the expenses across the total economy, all segments of the economy, divided into the federal budget so it creates the lowest possible tax rate ever. And it's just common sense. That's why it's inevitable and, and unless you get into the political side of taxing, which is the immoral side, which we go back to our Declaration of Independence, and I think we're protected from that. We just don't practice our protections. We, we've truly lost sight of what the, the significant, I call the Declaration of Independence, our original amendment, which supersedes our First Amendment. Right. Okay. So, and then it would go anywhere from one to 5%. The good thing about that, that is that everyone would notice when the taxes go up, right? So, so there would be a lot of pressure on our politicians to keep taxes down. Correct. Because they're going to get a lot of pressure because everybody's paying it. You know, it's not just the, because there's, there's a large portion of how much of, what is the proportion of our society that doesn't pay income tax at this point in the game? It's something, it's over 30%, right? Well, to be exact, um, 160 million, uh, there's 160 million taxpayers, which you divide, you know, minus 330 million from that. Uh, so that's 200 and some odd million. But of course, that includes children and seniors as well. The don't pay taxes, so you got to kind of parse it out. But more right. significantly, and most people don't realize this, corporations don't even account for ten percent of paying taxes on our federal budget. And this is where I, I mentioned the citizens are like the landlords 
who are literally paying the rent for the profiteers. And see, I think this Republican love fest and now Democrat love fest with big corporations has to switch over to the love fest needs to be for citizens. Because when you think of a corporation, they're in there to make money. They're, They're not there to save our country, to be a citizen, to go vote. They're there to make money. So why are the citizens paying the rent for the people who are trying to make money off of them? You see, it's, yeah. it's illogical. And again, it also goes back to the income tax system, why it doesn't work, because uh, it targets citizens and small businesses. Again, the landlords being the citizens of small businesses are paying the tax, paying the rent for the people who don't pay taxes, which includes corporations and people who don't pay taxes. Yeah, we need a seat at the table. Uh, Steve Redden, thank you so much for joining us. You can check it out at nowtaxusa.com. Uh, sounds really interesting, and maybe we need to put some pressure on our representatives to actually represent us. Steve, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. All right, lots of Trump in the news. I'll tell you what he's up to next on The Rob Carson Show. Welcome back to the Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter with you. Rob is back with you on Monday. 1-800-922-6680 is my number, or you can hit me up on X at Mary Walter Radio. So Hermit Sal uh, sent out a tweet for our last guest, Steve Redden from Now Tax USA. And it's a good question. He said, I currently reside in New York, where it seems to me that overspending and overtaxation is a symbol of pride. If I understand your guest's proposal, what is to prevent places like New York from ignoring the law or trying to find loopholes to compensate any type of tax reduction? So I texted him and I tagged him in a response. So hopefully we will get a li- um, an answer to that because it's a really, really good question. Like what's to prevent New York? And um, you know what, the, um, Hermit Sal, you can go to nowtaxusa.com and look there, they have the details. It's it's well written. And I, I wonder if the the section of the the proposed amendment where it says that it would supersede all like you're throwing out the sixteenth amendment. I wonder if they strip states of their right to impose local taxes. Which now that's a whole other sticky wicket, right? But it does give you the ability then to control it on your local level. And if people choose not to, you get the government you vote for. We're seeing that little adage play out all over the country. Places like New York, where Herman Sal is, you know, these people, 40% of New York State's population resides in the New York City metropolitan area in that area there, Westchester County, out onto the island. Um, that's that's where they, they live. And so they have a lot of sway, and they're stupid liberal. And so they just vote blue, 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 blue. And so they control everything. So they're going to vote for taxes, taxes, taxes. And then when they're overrun by illegals and they get they actually get to experience what they vote for, they pick up and leave. And then they leave the people in the rest of the state who may have like really nice houses and or live in a more rural area and like living in a more rural area, etc. Those people wind up holding the bag going, wait a minute, but I voted red and they still get the uh, blue that these uh, New York City dwellers vote for because they just 
pick up and leave. Isn't that nice? Isn't that special? All right, 1-800-922-6680 is my number. Or, of course, you can hit me up on X at Mary Walter Radio. So I told you, Trump, 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 Trump. Trump's a lot of Trump in the news. It's great. So, first off, a Trump media and technology group known as TMTG, which is behind uh, the Truth Social the social media platform True Social has filed a lawsuit for $1.5 billion in Sarasota County. And they filed it against more than 20 media organizations for allegedly, quote, falsely reporting that TMTG had lost $73 million. Their the complaint is for libel and slander. And it was filed, as I said, filed in Florida. And it states that at least 20 major media outlets reported the same loss. For within 24 hours of each other, and they each cited a Securities and Exchange Commission report as to where they found the amount. However, the complaint states that that $73 million loss doesn't appear in that Security and Exchange Commission report. So what happened was, my hunch is, one person reported it, and then all these other organizations report it, right? And they cite the SEC. But what they should have done was cited the original report, Right. So you go back and you say, oh, well, Bob's News came out and said that, you know, Trump said they, they come out first and they say that, you know, True Social is losing all this money, lost $73 million. And they cite the SEC. Well, then if Steve's News comes along, he shouldn't cite the SEC report, especially if he doesn't check it. He should cite Bob's News report. That's the right thing to do. And that's not what these people apparently did not do. The news organizations listed, you ready? The Miami Herald and its executive editor. So personally, Alex, uh, Alex Mina, the McClatchy Company, Reuters, Daily Mail, Newsweek, New York Daily News, MSNBC, Forbes, Axios Media, CNBC, Guardian News, Rolling Stone, Axios Media again. They're in there twice. Uh, the Daily Beast Company, uh, G-O Media, G slash O Media. Who is that? I don't know who that is. I have to think. Uh, Gizmodo, Salon, Mediaite, DMG Media, LTD, Hollywood Reporter, Nextdoor Media, The Hill, Deadline Hollywood, Accredive Capital, Benzinga, and MarketWatch.com. The Sarasota Herald uh, Tribune uh, asked, they reached out to some of the outlets and for some comment regarding the lawsuit. And a Reuters spokesperson said in a statement that sent to the Herald Tribune, they disputed this, that Reuters defamed or intended to harm TMTG. They say, we dispute any allegation. We corrected our mistake as soon as TMTG made us aware of it. Consistent with the Thomas Reuters trust principles, Reuters remains committed to reporting news fairly and accurately in the public interest. Here's the problem with these, these oops are bad things is that they're never the headline. So Trump loses millions oh, ha, ha, with true social because they love it. They love it. They just want Trump to fail so badly. It's it's a weird sickness that they have. They they need it. If Trump actually went away, these people would shrivel up and die. They really would. He they're like vampires and he's their lifeblood. Right. And and so the retraction is at the bottom of page 28 in the B section, whereas the accusation, false accusation, is on the front page in bold type above the fold. And that's the problem. That's why I never thought that that was good enough. 
Never thought that was good enough. Like I love when the Yentz is on the view when they have to read a retraction. And sometimes it's they go to a break and right after the break, one of them's reading a Mia culpa because of something that she said because they have no facts and they're just all feeling driven, which most of the left is. And so they just spew their feelings as facts. And then, you know, Joy or Whoopi every now and then Sarah Haynes um, and oh, Sonny Hostin, that one, uh, are reading a retraction right afterwards. Because, you know, the producer came out and said, you have to read this or we're going to get sued. Um, <laughs> a spokesperson for The Guardian responded, indicating the outlet has no formal comment. They did uh, put a update at the bottom of the original article. So they put it at the, at the bottom of the original article. No, it should be a headline saying, we were wrong. Correction to this story. They did not lose uh, $73 million. They said uh, the headline and the text of this article were amended on November 21st, 2023. We regret that an earlier version misstated Truth Social's loss since launch as 73 million when the figure recorded in the sec filing is 31.6 million the article has also been corrected to reflect that truth social posted a profit of 50 million in 2022 rather than a 50 million loss oops are bad you know the whole plus minus thing the whole profit loss column that can be tricky all right this next story is something we have to say really interesting have to listen to and i will tell you that um someone told me in confidence a while ago probably six more months ago um that there is credible fear uh for the life of the former president for the life of donald trump like there's credible fear they are on high alert at all times with this man and i'm not surprised the fbi now is claiming that an Iranian spy hired a hitman to kill senior members of Donald Trump's administration. While threats of an assassination plot against the former president have been deemed credible. That's a quote. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton said he remains under Secret Service protection following a foiled assassination plot against several senior U.S. government officials that were orchestrated by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard. U.S. intel officials told CBS's 60 Minutes that Tehran is hiring hitmen around the world and in America. You know, some of those gotaways walking across the border. They might might be where you want to look. And they're being hired to avenge the 2020 assassination of Soleimani, including what is being called a credible threat against Trump because Trump authorized that airstrike that killed Qasem uh, Soleimani. The U.S. Department of Justice has previously accused an Iranian named Sharam Pursafi of commissioning a transnational murder plot against John Bolton with $300,000 bounty on his head. I would be insulted. $300,000? That's it? It's all I'm worth? According to court documents, Mr. Pursafi, a uniformed member of the Revolutionary Guard Corps who remains on the FBI's most wanted list, contacted a confidential informant and offered up to 300000 to eliminate Bolton with the promise of an additional job for a million dollars. Oh, who's worth a million? Let me tell you. Um, that turns out to be former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He had a $1 million bounty on his head. Uh, threats uh, have been made against Trump and his advisors. They've been deemed serious enough for full protection details for members of, for members of his administration, including John Bolton, as we said. 
a former Defense Secretary Mark Esper and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And posted online in an Iranian-linked telegram, so it's it's encrypted. Uh, there's an animated video that shows an evidence board with photos of Trump and several of his top defense officials against the backdrop of guns, explosives, and poison. The video says, uh, is published in January of this year, said the perpetrators of General Soleimani martyrdom, martyrdom will be punished for their actions. We will determine how and when to punish coming soon. John Bolton told 60 Minutes the Revolutionary Guard sought to procure either my kidnapping or my assassination, not directly by a Revolutionary Guard's member, but by seeking a hitman who would carry out the job either in the U.S. or abroad. This was not internet chatter. This was a negotiation to murder an American citizen, a former government official. So it's a big deal. And um, probably want to pay attention to that. And especially with all the people coming across the border illegally. It's not to be taken lightly. More, more Trump news coming up on The Rob Carson Show. back with the Rob Carson show. Some more Trump news. Uh, Donald Trump's lawyers are lawyering because that's what lawyers do. Uh, He was indicted, as we know, on four counts in Washington, D.C. That's Jack Smith uh, for uh, allegedly working to overturn the results of the 2020 election in the run up to January 6th, uh, the riot at the Capitol. I think this one's Jack Smith. Uh, On Wednesday, Trump's lawyers asked for 57 groups of documents for his, so they could get his defense together. Many of the documents are highly classified. They're asking for everything from DOJ correspondence with uh, President Biden to Hunter Biden to Trump's White House scheduling diary. They also applied for access to documents per- pertaining to Russian and Iran, Iranian meddling in the 2020 election. They want um, Chinese hacking of election computer info. Full details of all undercover agents deployed at the January 6th riots and a vast array of correspondence relating to voting in seven states during the 2020 election. This is, I mean, there's a ton to unpack here. I understand why they want all this information. It's a big deal. You're accusing him of election interference. So his lawyers are saying, okay, well, let's talk about election interference. We heard about all these things. Let's see. Let's see what interference there was. And for insight, they're accusing him also of inciting um, a riot, right? So um, he says, okay, well, let's see how many people were in the crowd and did they incite the riot? Because if you look at the video from January 6th, if you go out, it's, it's all out there now. You can see where it's a shot from the Capitol looking down and you can just see the crowd and there you can see the police line. You can see the gates. You can see them right there. See the police line, cops are on the other side. Nobody's breaching the gate. Nothing's happening. And you can hear the cops talking about firing um, gas, gas into the crowd, flashbangs, etc., rubber bullets, that type of thing into the crowd. And the, the people weren't doing it. They weren't breaching it. They weren't doing it. And then all of a sudden, the cops start firing on them. 
And all hell breaks loose. Of course it does because they've got gas being fired at them. So people are trying to get away from that. There's flashbangs that are being fired at them. So they're trying to get away from that. So of course the the line breaks. People are trying to get out. They push the barriers in and people are running all over the place to try to um, escape. If Trump's team can prove, hey, I didn't cite the riot. Capitol Police did. I can see why they want all this information of knowing who was making these decisions. I want to know who's making those choices, right? We we should have that right. If his request is granted, the disclosure in the election case may run to several million pages, and many of them are highly classified. The request could delay the trial by months. That's happened in Florida so far because that is the... um, the documents case, you know, where they're like, oh, he took all these cases. You know, they found no wrongdoing on Biden's part because Biden was nice about it. Even though he wasn't allowed to legally have any of those documents, Trump could legally have them, but they're accusing him of stonewalling and not being nice. So they're going after him. Um, Let's see. All of the security protocols in Florida will have to be replicated in D.C. if Trump's uh, disclosure request is granted. In a disclosure request filed to Judge Tanya Chutkin um, on Wednesday, Trump's lawyers uh, said they want all documents regarding informants, cooperators, undercover agents, representatives, or anyone acting in a similar capacity who were at or within five miles of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th of 2021. Now, I don't think she's going to give it to him. This woman has been persecuting January 6th defendants. There is a guy who we're going to talk about coming up who has been over a thousand days. This is his third Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in solitary, well, maybe not solitary, but in the D.C. gulag without even a trial date. He's never seen a judge. His right to a speedy trial has just been absolutely shredded. And she's sentencing some of these January 6th defendants for more than what the prosecution was looking for, for more than what the government wanted. She's said several things about January 6th defendants that just to show her disdain for them. So these people are all guilty before they walk in the courtroom and she is going to throw the book at them no matter what. So I doubt she's going to give Trump access to these records. I kind of just don't see it happening. But um, we'll find out. And if it does, it's this is going to push his trial way back because they have to have time to go through this. But again, I don't see this trial, this judge giving Trump any quarter because she's not giving any to the defendants of January 6th so far. So why would she give him when she clearly disdains Trump? So she's going to try to make this as hard as humanly possible for him. All right. um, Coming up, we'll finish up with Trump news. We're going to talk about this January 6th defendant. We're going to talk about um, Republicans doing what Republicans do, which is fold and put their tail between their legs and do run and do nothing that we want them to do. And a whole lot more to get through. There's a lot here. Uh, I'm Mary Walter, and you're listening to The Rob Carson Show. There you go. Perfect for Trump news, right? Trump's a traveling, but he's not traveling by motorcycle. He told Argentina's president-elect Javier Millet that uh, he's going to travel to South America so the two of them can meet up. Uh, Malay being called the Argentina's Ar- Argentinian Donald Trump. And lastly, Trump, another legal maneuver. 
He is appealing a ruling in Colorado because the judge in Colorado said he couldn't be disqualified from the from the ballot under the 14th Amendment. But she did say that he engaged in insurrection and found him guilty of inciting the deadly January 6th attack. Now, it wasn't a guilty thing. Like, it wasn't one of those things that I thought she was judging on. But because she put that in her ruling, Trump's lawyers want that taken out. Um, the district, they, they, they said that he cannot, that she cannot find that he was engaged in an insurrection since this was about him being on the ballot. Well, under the 14th Amendment, um, which which would disqualify him if he were engaged in an insurrection. Right. But she said no, because of the way it's worded. Section three of uh, the 14th Amendment. There's questions as to whether it even applies to the president of the United States. Um, and his team is saying that, um, you know, got to take that out of there because it'd be a problem down the road. But of course, the other side is like, no, 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 no. There's um, other groups that are now countersuing and saying it's got to be kept in there. It's also crazy. This man is spending gazillions of dollars in legal fees. And I wonder if that's just part of part of it. They're trying to break him. They're trying to just drain this man of everything. A lot more coming up right here on The Rob Carson Show. about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. Uh, I want to share this with you. As I told you, there is a January 6th prisoner named Jake Lang who has um, been a political prisoner for over a thousand days. This was his third Thanksgiving away from his family. And he does get messages out. And he tweeted out yesterday, this is my third Thanksgiving away from my family in the basement of Washington, D.C. jail gulag in solitary confinement. I want to ask you all to reflect on God's goodness for this Thanksgiving and form inside yourself a relentless spirit of gratitude. How blessed are we to to experience the ebbs and flow of this mysterious life? There is a season of toil and a season of abundance, a season of want and a season of togetherness. Each has its purpose and God is the creator of them both. Praise his name and be thankful in them both. He is serving us the plate that our soul needs, not always the one it wants. Look for Christ at your Thanksgiving table this year and know I am right there with him, me and all the January Sixers past the gravy. Enjoy and rejoice in your freedom. It isn't free. Jake Lang, January 6th political prisoner for 1,040 days without a trial. This is happening in this country. Joe Biden's political prisoners. And the left are gleefully rejoicing in all of this. Uh, the left loves this. Well, they shouldn't have. They, if they didn't want to be held prisoner, they should, if they didn't want to be in jail, they shouldn't have. Uh, they shouldn't have uh, you know, breached the Capitol. Now, Josh Lang, I'm going to play some audio for you, and you're not going to see the video in it. But so I'm going to start, but then I'll explain when we get closer. Great, he was on with Grant Stinchfield, and um, he he was on the phone, got to talk to to Grant. And it was a, it was a okay, I guess they only get like five minutes on the phone or whatever it is, 10 minutes maybe on the phone, and then it gets cut off. So this first cut here is 
Granch speaking with Jake, uh, talking about the charges. He introduces Josh and also talks about the charges that are uh, being uh, supposedly being lodged against him, but he still hasn't had a a trial. So you know who knows. It is about the prosecution using obstruction of an official proceeding. Uh, They've charged 317 J6 defendants with that. It's never been used, this charge, since 2002 when it was founded in a situation like this. Well, one of the key figures in that case is a man who is sitting in a D.C. gulag over a thousand days. His trial date still not set. Yet imagine this, the Supreme Court will hear portions of his case before his regular trial even goes before a judge. I'm talking about J6 political prisoner Jake Lang. So he's going to, he got a case to, that is going to go before the Supreme Court if they choose to take it. Uh, and, and before he even gets to the Supreme Court, I mean, before he even gets to his regular trial. Um, this should not be happening in this country. Uh, there's, so that, that's the first part of this. Now, yes, was he up on the steps? Did he have a gas mask on? Yes, he did. He did. Um, he did, he, there is a picture of him with a baseball bat and a, and a shield. It looks like a police officer's shield. So he was not doing you know, what he should be doing. I get it. Um, but he should also not, we should not rejoice if he's done something wrong, he should be punished, but we should not be rejoicing in him spending over a thousand forty days without any kind of trial in, in solitary confinement. This, this, that's wrong. You may not like the guy. You may not like what he is accused of having done, but that doesn't mean that in this country, he doesn't get his rights. It's the way it works. All right. So this next cut, Josh describes, excuse me, Jake describes what it is like to be inside the DC Gulag. He's talking with Grant, Grant Stinchfield. It'll be my third Thanksgiving, Grant, God forbid. My dad just drove down from New York to see me today. We had a nice uh, long visit and, you know, it's, it's really tough to, you know, see him go. He's going to be you know, with my sister and her newborn baby. I haven't got to meet my niece yet um, for Thanksgiving, and it's tough. I mean, the holiday season is incredibly hard for prisoners, for the Jan Sixers, because most of us, uh, we've been dragged to the gulag here in Washington, D.C. Most of the guys are from the Midwest, Texas, Florida. You know, we can't just get visits every single week. People have to trek across the country to come see us, our family members. And, you know, that's part of the psychological warfare that the Biden regime is doing on us to try to crack us, to try to make us take these plea deals and to turn on Trump and to just beg for, you know, oh, it was all Trump's fault. That's what they want from us. But they forget we got the spirit of the Lord and uh, he he gives us strength. Okay. Remember, they're all in D.C. So instead of being held near where their family can come and visit them, if they don't have the family, doesn't have the means to come visit them, these people get no visitors. Their family doesn't get to see them. And he hasn't had a trial in over a thousand days and he's not the only one. I can, I can condemn what he did, but we had a hit a trial. So we don't even know. We know what he's been accused of, but we don't know exactly what he did. Now I've seen some video 
And it looks like, yeah, he's assaulting police officers, but he says the police officers were the aggressors. We know from video that the police officers were the ones who fired the the gas canisters and the flashbangs into the crowd. And that's when the crowd went crazy. And that's when everything erupted. That's when everything uh, broke. That was the spark that lit the flame. So let's see the videos. Let's see what was happening. So, But I, even if I find him to be an abhorrent person and what he did horrifically wrong, I can still defend his right to a speedy trial. I can still sit here and we should all be able to sit here and say what is happening is not right. What our government is doing to these people is not right, especially in light of the way the 2020 Summer of Love rioters were treated. It's a sharp contrast between the two. Okay, well, let's go to the last one. Uh, Again, Grant Stinchfield with Jake Lang with a summary of his case. I want to remind you about Jake's case. In many respects, what I've researched about Jake is, yes, he was at one of the most, I would call it the feistiest, the roughest area over by the West Terrace. Um, But if we roll the the cut 15, the the, uh, video of this, guys, in the control room, um, this is video of Jake literally trying to help rescue Roseanne Boyland. Roseanne Boyland, you may remember, is the one uh, who Capitol Police, I believe, beat to death. Uh, and then the, the next video we have of Jake is him saving a gentleman by the name of Philip Anderson. Philip Anderson was his star witness. Uh, this is VO 16 for guys in the control room, uh, saving Philip Anderson. And Anderson was arrested back in August now. So, Jake, your star witness was arrested. I have said I think you saved lives that day, and here you are sitting in prison for a thousand, a thousand days or more. I mean, it, it's something you read out of like a crime novel, or you would think that you know this is Putin's doing that. You know, he's got a, a a person like Alexander Navalny, and all of a sudden the guy's about to go to trial, and he has a star witness that's going to exonerate him, and then boom, here comes Biden's uh, FBI Gestapo, and they arrest Philip Anderson so that he can't testify at my trial proving my innocence. I mean, that's not the America that we know and love. That's what the bad guys do. Yeah. Interesting. They arrest the guy who, if he ever gets a trial, could exonerate him. Uh, now, if he, if he did assault police officers before he saved lives, he should be punished for that. But I think he's been punished. He spent over a thousand days in jail already. Much of it in solitary confinement. But if he saved lives, he should get credit for that as well. Roseanne Boylan was killed and the left like, I'll poo-poo's it. Eh, I don't poo-poo it so much. All right. I'll take your, I'll take your calls. 1-800-922-6680. Or you can tag me on X at Mary Walter radio, Mary Walter. And you're listening to the Rob Carson show. so 80s doesn't it this is the 80s right there i'm mary walter with you on the rob carson show wow coming into the almost the end of my last hour with you this week it's been so much fun being with you and rob will be back with you on monday 
So I'm relishing this this uh, last half hour or so uh, with you. 1-800-922-6680 or on X at Mary Walter Radio. Oh, and my podcast, Tuesdays, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. It's live on YouTube and on Getter. And you can leave comments. A lot of people join us and say hi, and they leave comments. If we have guests, they ask questions. So it's very interactive. Sometimes we talk politics and sometimes we don't. So you can always go to YouTube. Just look for Mary Walter Radio. You can watch. Um, uh, there's a whole bunch of them there. That you that you can watch lots of you know there's different tabs there's like three on one tab and then all the rest are on the other because three were I don't I don't know why but I think because they were uploaded later but whatever there are a lot of them there a lot of great guests and the audio is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well again under Mary Walter Radio so let's talk about the Republicans shall we the House Ethics Committee voted against opening an investigation into Jamal Bowman they did this uh, you know the day before a holiday on Wednesday. Uh, he, they, he was referred to the Ethics Committee after he pulled that fire alarm in September. He faced six months jail time, but in a plea deal, he agreed to pay a $1,000 fine, and he had to write an apology to the Capitol Police. And I'll bet there was a sternly worded memo put in his his uh, personal file, permanent file. Memory kids, it's going in your permanent file, and you're never going to get into college because you were caught chewing gum in second grade. After three months probation, the charge will be withdrawn. Now, the committee announced its decision. Announced its decision. It's a good thing I'm in my last like 40 minutes. It's been a lot of talking this week. They put out a press release and they said the panel is required to consider whether or not to create an investigative committee within 30 days of a member being criminally charged. But a majority of the members of the committee did not agree to establish uh, an ISC or report to the House regarding his conduct. Uh, It's split five and five. It's a bipartisan group, five Democrats, five Republicans. So that means that Republicans, one or more, sided with the Democrats because the Democrats always protect their own. You know, every single Democrat was like, yeah, he did nothing wrong. And the Republicans should have been like, yes, considering we were just talking about a January 6th event, there were some people on January 6th who walked through doors that were being held open by Capitol Police on the other side of the Capitol, not the side where the rioting was happening, the other side. You have video now of January 6th protesters walking through and the cops are just standing there. Not telling them they have to leave. And there, some of them are like waving at the cops. Hi, how are you? You know, taking video. That's it. But they're still being charged with impeding a, an official proceeding, much like Jamal Bowman did. That was his, he was his attempt. We saw there was, there was no, afterwards it came out that he threw emergency warning signs to the floor. That video came out afterwards. Why did the Capitol Police withhold that? He walked up to the doors, took the signs that said for emergency use only, threw them on the ground, turned over, pulled the fire alarm, and then ran away. He knew exactly what he was doing. He ran down a set of stairs and exited the building. That which was uh, w- So he lied in front of the committee. But Republicans caved as they always do. Now, Republicans are now, looks like they're going to cave on immigration. That's now in the works. Be very careful of this. About 30 Republican senators are backing a bill in the House, H.R. 2, House's H.R. 2. It's a migration stabilization bill. But there are six senators, including three Republicans, who are drafting what is being called a compromise bill. It's not a compromise. It's a giveaway because in a compromise, Republicans always lose and Democrats always win. 
a policy analyst who favors pro-American migration, said, I don't know who, they don't name who this person is. There's no reason to preemptively surrender good border security legislation before we're forced to negotiate with the House. What the senators who are supporting that compromise package are doing, essentially, is preemptively surrendering, preemptively giving away very important pieces of H.R. 2 before they're even being forced to do so. Lindsey Graham, Tom Tillis, James Langford are working with the three Democrats to write a compromise in the end of the year budget battles over funding for Israel and Ukraine and Joe Biden's border security agency. And he said that their plan is not going to do anything of any substance. Behind closed doors, they say additional Republican senators are likely cooperating with that group of three. The three Democrats uh, are Cinema, Murphy and Bennett. The evidence so far is that the Gang of Six compromise includes a few substantial changes in current laws, according to this immigration analyst. It also appears to leave intact many of the loopholes that Biden's border deputies are going to use to keep him bringing in more and more people. So we're not fixing anything when they have the power and you can negotiate and go, you want money for Israel? You want money for Ukraine? Okay, fix the border. But apparently we're not going to do that. If this happens, if this H.R. 2 is squashed. Now, the Senate version of H.R. 2 is S-2824 called the Secure the Border Act of 2023. It was introduced by Ted Cruz. It includes most major stabilization measures that the Republicans want and what we the public want. They're supposed to represent us. This is what we want. H.R. 2 is being pushed by nearly all the GOP House caucus. It's led by Mike Johnson. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Will the Republicans do what they do best, which is snatch defeat from the jaws of victory purposely? In the meantime, Democrats, because they stick together, the Demo- they have a pl- fundraising platform called Act Blue, and they are processing donations for a bail fund for illegal immigrants. They're trying to get them out of detention. Yeah. Their donation page says their detention is based solely on their inability to post a $5,000 bond. We are not stopping until every black immigrant in ICE detention is free. We will not let any black immigrants' freedom to hinge on their wealth because we believe black lives matter no matter where they were born. Interesting, the, the people who founded Black Lives Matter, proud socialists, Patrice Coulard, and company are living the uh, capitalism lifestyle high on the hog. Why don't they take some of that money that they seem to have um, found themselves with and funnel it into this if they so believe in it. But I love it's only for black immigrants. Only Democrats would do that and get away with it. Neither the Black Immigrant Bail Fund nor Act Blue responded to the Daily Caller News Foundation's request for comments. I wonder why. So illegal immigrants can be granted the option to bond out of detention custody by an immigration judge who assesses possible threats that they could pose to public safety. And if they're considered to be a flight risk, according to ICE. So if they're considered to be a flight risk, then you can't get out, supposedly. But the judge makes the final decision. Uh, Bonds can be posted by U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, law firms, and nonprofit organizations. 
One of them being, I would assume, Act Blue is a nonprofit. So, while the Republicans are squandering any kind of power they could possibly have, Democrats are using it to further their cause, whether you let as distasteful as it is and probably illegal to just, you know, help, I guess, black immigrants. I don't know. Um, but uh, they get away with it and they do it and they do it well. So I I got to admire their ability to uh, work the system, work it well and get what they want. All right. Coming up, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, and I have a really funny story about a dog that I want to share with you. Yeah. And uh, so I have a couple questions for you that you can join me on 1-800-922-6680. I have one piece of news I'm going to share with you, and then we're going to lighten it up, okay? Because we're coming into a weekend. We'll lighten it up a little bit. A lot of people probably not even working today. So uh, we will do that. I'm Mary Walter. Oh, you can hit me up on X at Mary Walter Radio. Don't forget that. And you can call us here on the show at 1-800-922-6680. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Back to my last half hour with you on the Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Rob. Rob is back with you on Monday. Got a nice, well-deserved break. But I know you miss him. And a big thank you to Brian and Lee and Craig. You guys helped me so much. I really appreciate you. Let's go to the phone, shall we? 1-800-922-6680. We were just talking about Republicans uh, negotiating behind the scenes to not do what we want them to do on immigration. You know, you elect these people to represent you. We are a representative government. But apparently there are some senators who are working behind the scenes to basically give away the store get on immigration to Joe Biden and give away whatever kind of bargaining chips they have so nothing is going to change and they, where they could hold it and not get say you want money for Ukraine you want money for Israel guess what no we want a secure border sound familiar let's go to silicon valley antonio you're on the rob carson show welcome thanks for joining me hi thank you for the show uh i just thought that your point about the democrats working the system and that anonymous quote that you gave and mm-hmm. then the segue into a story about a dog that was all rather amazing. And if you don't like the Republican Party, you don't have to be a member of it. I think I'm not just you're not. Well, I'm no, I'm I not a registered Republican. I refuse. I refuse to align myself with a bunch of losers. Well, congratulations. That's brilliant, because I agree with you. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. They've just gone way too far in their capitulation to mainstream media. And um, I agree with you. That's why I listen to KFCO. Thank you for the show. 
Well, thank you for for joining me. So what happened? I mean, these people, they they it's apparently it, according to this piece on Breitbart, it's Lindsey Graham, Tom Tillis and James Langford. Lindsey Graham again. To me, Lindsey Graham is the ultimate ultimate rhino. He truly likes to play both sides of the fence and sometimes he comes out and he says stuff. He says one thing and does another. So this is why I laugh when people say, "Oh, Trump's mean." I'm like, "Who cares what he if what he says? I go by what he does." Right? Like, that's what you have to do. I think he's gone. All right. He was gone. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. I appreciate that, Antonio. And we do appreciate you, of course, listening to the Rob Carson show. So, yeah, I don't want them. I don't want them um, doing their own thing, especially because I think a lot of times they just do it to line their pockets and them line in their pockets usually means money coming out of my pocket. Uh, very quickly, just one piece of news I want to share with you. New York Mayor Eric Adams cannot catch a break. In New York, they have uh, a law there that uh, called the Adult Survivors Act. It went into effect in New York November of last year, and it gave a one-year window for sexual abuse accusers to file suits in state and federal courts. Uh, for claims that would have been barred by the statute of limitations. So they opened it up and said, okay, statute of limitations, we're giving you one year where the statute of limitations. So you say, well, everybody can get in here. And that window expires today. So a number of celebrities have had cases filed against them under this this extension, uh, being sued under this law, a bunch of last-minute filings. Axel Rose, Bill Cosby, Cuba Gooding Jr., Sean Combs, and now Mayor Eric Adams. The plaintiff in the case filed her summons last night, uh, excuse me, Wednesday night, in State Supreme Court in Manhattan under the Adult Survivors Act and named Eric Adams as the defendant. The filing also names the Transit Bureau of the New York Police Department and the Guardian Association of the NYPD as defendants. The summons alleges that she was sexually assaulted by Eric Adams in 1993 while they both worked for the city of New York. So it's just three pages long. It doesn't reveal any details. Um, the mayor says denies a claim and says he doesn't even know the plaintiff in the case. She's seeking a trial and at least $5 million in relief. Here's the thing. I got news for Eric Adams. He dared to speak out against the far left wing of the party because he came out against migration. He said, you know, we might need to do something about this. New York's being overrun. We might have to we might have to rein this in here. How dare you? Because he's a, a mayor of a large, big, huge city. And here he is speaking against Joe Biden's immigration policy or lack thereof. So they got him. They are coming after him. He's been raided. He's had his cell phones taken, iPads taken. They got him coming out of a some kind of an event. The FBI goes up to him very publicly. They, you know, they hold him back. They go into his, show him the warrant. They go into his his SUV. They start rummaging in there. They take a whole bunch of stuff very publicly. Now this, the, he's being he's being used as an example of what happens when you speak out against a regime that has politicized law enforcement against their political enemies. And Eric Adams is now a political enemy of the Democrat Party, at least the far left wing, which is running the show right now, because Joe Biden is not strong enough to, to go against them. He's just giving them everything they want. 
or whoever's running the show likes the far left agenda, whether it's not Biden. I have questions about that. 1-800-922-6680. Randall in Pacific Grove, you are on the Rob Carson Show. Welcome. Uh, hello, uh, Mary uh, Walters. Um, I want to talk about Eric Adams and also Bragg. He's still the uh, DA, right? Uh, Alvin Bragg. Yeah, I think so. Okay, now you were talking about the, the treatment of uh, January 6th uh, at the Gulag. Well, I want to know why uh, Priyanka uh, Siggs has not been arrested yet. Why hasn't uh, Bragg put out a uh, warrant for her arrest, as well as uh, t- at least to bring in um, Eric Adams for questioning on the the big uh, all that money they found in uh, Brianca Sig's house? Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, they're doing something. They're looking into it because clearly subpoenas. They've gone before a judge. They've gotten subpoenas. They've gotten search warrants, you know. so Not subpoenas. They've gotten search warrants. So they showed Eric Aaron's, I said subpoena, the warrant to get into his SUV. So something's happening behind the scenes. They found, they found the money in uh, Brianca's, uh, Brianca's house. They found the money. So what I'm saying is they were able to bring in all those January 6th people, but why aren't they bringing in... Brianna Siggs, when they found the money, the FBI already found the money. Well, it's the same reason that they don't they don't arrest anyone, or if they do arrest them, from you know, uh, let's see what happened at the DNC. What was that a week and a half ago? You know, when they tried to break into the DNC, they arrested one person, and that person was sent home. And you know, we'll get back to you later. That's what they do. They're not political enemies of the establishment. Now, she may turn out to be one. We don't know. I would say just give up there. We ought to just give up and forget about it. We can't do anything about it. We ought to just give up. That's my final word on it then. Well, I, I got to tell you, I don't, um, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think you just give up. And Brianna Suggs. It's a, it's um, a naked and blatant uh, assault on every, every rule of law. I, I can't understand how more uh, time isn't spent talking about this uh, thing going on with the mayor and his fundraising uh, cohort and the fact that well, they're friends you know yeah well you know here Bri- brianna brianna suggs is is maybe when when the left is eating when your enemy is eating its own when your enemy is attacking itself let them go right when they're when they're attacking I, 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 their own I, 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 let them go we got a hammer on it we got to hammer this we got oh, to yes. hammer it like every day i'm really yeah. i mean i try I, to I, I, I agree with you in, in that part but i want to see what's happening nothing's happening right now so i, I want to yeah. see what happens that's why i'm bringing you the story about what's happening with eric adams you know they're uh, yeah, going I, after I, this guy he's going to be the sacrificial lamb they they are they are going to go I, after him because he dared to speak out yeah, I, I live in Leon Panetta's town, okay? I've lived here most of my life. So I'm neighbors with Leon Panetta. So I'm really on the left bank here. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm definitely fed up. Definitely fed up. Okay? That's all I'm telling you. Yeah, I can I can understand. I think a lot of people are fed up. And that's why I, I think you see more people waking up. And whenever I see people waking up, I try to bring that story uh, to everybody. Like We talked earlier in the week about the left has lost Cardi B. Right. Cardi B is is making videos talking and she she did she did videos with Bernie Sanders before the last election right now all of a sudden she's not happy because of the crime in new york because she has family that lives in new york and these people are coming in and they're in her nieces and nephews schools and the crime and all this other stuff suddenly 
Cardi B woke up. So I think it's oh, going to happen more and more. You know, I think, and Randall, I don't mean to be rude. We got to run. We're up against the clock, but I really, really, really appreciate your comments. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. I never get rid of you because, you know, I'm trying to cut you off. It's it's just that we're, we do have a clock that I have to pay attention to. Um, but yeah, so they're losing Cardi B. So when you lose Cardi B and you see videos of like Latinos for Trump and things like that, when Trump was going to Georgia, remember the big, the big, um, escort the big car thing that they that what do they call that um cavalcade i can't i can't think of the word my brain is fried after so much radio in, in one week but uh you know they they had the trump comes through and they have all the cars and the ambulance and all this other stuff because it's former president and and and, and they, they come through and he's on his way to go get mugshot remember and fingerprinted the people in the community that he drove through because they brought him in the back entrance, which, you know, is not the best community in the world. You know, when I say best, I mean, like, not the most expensive because they don't put jails in the most expensive neighborhoods in the world. Right. And um, motorcade. That's the word just came to my brain. Um, they were all in the street jumping up and down, cheering and going, Trump, Trump. So people, I think, are waking up. I think people are starting to see what is happening here, especially when it comes to Donald Trump. And I think people in New York are going to start looking at Eric Adams and see what's happening as well there. Because Eric Adams is way better than de Blasio. Then again, they voted for de Blasio twice, so I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them. All right. I am going to lighten this up coming up. I swear. I swear we're going to do that. <laughs> but you are welcome to jump in, of course, because I love talking with you. 1-800-922-6680 on The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. Okay, so this put my life into perspective. <laughs> this may put your life into perspective too. Maybe not the same way I put my life into perspective, but uh, we may share something in common on the other hand. So a survey of 2000 adults was done and uh, we found that um, the average American is going to 10 different holiday celebrations. Like what? 10? Um, okay. So most Americans are celebrating Christmas day, 70% Christmas Eve, 65%, 62% celebrating Thanksgiving. And, uh, they also celebrate each holiday an average of two separate times. So I guess they're going to two different houses. Like they, they go to two different places on Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas day. Personally, I don't have time for that. Um, they also, uh, let's see, they're also celebrating New Year's Eve, 33%, Kwanzaa, 32%, New Year's Day, 30%, and Friendsgiving, also 30%. So I thought, oh, 10 times. Let's see. Okay. Um, I didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. So, so I, I, so, but this is, we're talking traveling. So I, I went, I didn't travel really anywhere. I don't know if you count second floor to first floor traveling, but that's what I did. Um, Christmas Eve, I might meet if we might be meeting friends um, who are going out for Chinese, which is hilarious because they're Jewish. And it's such a tradition. If you live in the Northeast, Jewish people get Chinese. That's just what they do. And it's funny and it's cultural and we have a, a blast with it. So we may be doing that Christmas Eve, but it depends because my husband's working. So it all depends on when he gets out of work. Christmas day, I'm going to be home. 
going to be here. So I'm not doing that. Uh, I am traveling for New Year's Eve and New Year. I'm traveling for New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. The 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 combined thing. I'm only you know we're going to celebrate both at the same place. So so I'm like traveling maybe twice. Ten ten different holiday celebrations. I got two. I don't know how to take this. <laughs> like I suddenly feel wildly socially inadequate. Uh, the data shows Americans celebrate New Year's Eve and New Year's Day two times each. They go to two different places. Friendsgiving, two different places. Kwanzaa, three different places. But Kwanzaa is like a couple of day kind of thing, like Hanukkah. So I don't know if that counts. Uh, so that brings the total number of American holiday celebrations to over 10 each year. It was conducted on behalf of Motel 6. 84% of respondents tra- plan to travel for at least some holidays this year. I'm curious, where do you fall in this? Just curious. 1-800-922-6680 is my number. I mean, how many times, you know, um, I'm curious. So, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe you do a lot of travel. And I think also the older you get, like the less you want to do it. But I also understand when you're younger and you've got kids and you got to get them all together to take them out and to do this, that, and the other thing that that's a tough one too. That's a hard thing to do too. Nobody wants to do that, but Americans are traveling more than ever. 52% say they're traveling more than last year. Only 10% said they're not pl- planning to travel at all this season. If we weren't going somewhere for Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, we're going for like a long weekend with a bunch of friends. Then, you know, to like a, like to just kick back a little vacation-y type thing. If we aren't doing that, I'm not traveling at all. At all. 63% going by plane. That's another thing. You cannot pay me to fly somewhere during, during the holidays. Like especially Thanksgiving. No way, no how. I've seen plane trains and automobiles. I'm not doing it. <laughs> trains, 53%. Automobiles, 48%. Or walking, 40, 41% walking. So you're just doing a neighborhood thing. That's cool. And, and what else do I have here? Okay. And ride shares, like Uber or taxi, 39%. So we saw yes, somebody yesterday who was looking for um, an Uber. And he couldn't get somebody. He could get it. It was like ridiculously expensive. He didn't know what he was going to do. Because it's crazy expensive. That's the other thing around the holidays. Trying to get an Uber or a taxi is super expensive. Most people staying with uh, siblings or at their parents' home. That's equal. And about 39% staying in a hotel or with other people. And ten percent, 6 in 10 are taking their furry friends with them. Not if you're coming to my house, you're not. Um, so I'm just curious. 1-800-922-6680. I want to know if you are... Um, how many times are you going? Are you traveling anywhere? How many times is it even close to 10? Or are you like me, like one, possibly two, possibly two, probably not, probably just one. I'll get your calls coming up. And then I have to tell you about this amazing dog that uh, in Texas and uh, how he got adopted. Um, that's coming up next on the Rob Carson show. Wrapping it up here, got a tweet here from Cal, who's been listening. And he said, you know, I can't pick out a particular topic that I wanted to comment on today. But one stands, the one that stands tall is the one about the Washington Commanders. It is totally ridiculous to change our heritage. We have always had a choice living in the, in the United States of America. If you don't like what you see, look the other way. 
If you don't like the music on the radio, or turn it off. Same goes for television. Turn it off. Go outside. Inhale some fresh air. It will do you good. Calvin from Harford County. Yeah, he's right. We got we, we we don't have that anymore. Now everybody's everybody's triggered. Everyone's upset. Okay, so let me tell you about this dog before we run out of time here. This dog in Texas, the Humane Society of Wichita County, posted on Facebook and a seventeen pound dog. It's a cute thing, you know. Does look very unassuming. This is Eddie. Eddie is an a hole. Along with a little poop emoji. Eddie hates other dogs. He's seventeen pounds and could take on a Rottweiler and win. If Eddie had an accent, he would sound like he's from the Bronx wearing a wife beater t-shirt and a tattoo that says mom on his arm. If he got into a bar fight, Eddie would back you up and take on all five guys, put a cigarette out on their forehead and not spill a drop of his beer while doing it. So if you think you're man enough to adopt him, please be our guest. We want Eddie out of here because he scares our big dogs. (laughs) It took only eight hours after that post for Eddie to find a family who said they fell in love with him. And he's keeping the name. A-hole Eddie. That's what his name is. (laughs) So I thought you'd like a little bit of a laugh. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. Rob coming back on Monday. And, of course, Brian, Lee, Craig, thank you so much for everything. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Bye.